Our special guest this week is Leanne Van Dyke, someone who I've been looking forward to having on the show for a long time now. And as you're about to hear, it was some epic run from my last weekend at the fantastic BMF event organised by Simon Kelly and friends down in Waterfall, where it was all about being the last runner standing after the completion of as many 43 kilometer laps as possible around the stunning, stunning Waterville trails. Leanne took the victory, which as we'll hear, led to her being on the front page of the Irish Times, Ray Darcy giving her a shout out as well, and then lots more kudos across the Irish media, social media platforms. Everybody was really delighted for Leanne. So let's hear how it all went down. Leanne Van Dyke, you're very welcome to the Trail Running Ireland podcast. Leanne, uh, it's our first show of the new year. You're our first special guest of the new year, and I cannot think of anybody better um, or anybody more worthy of coming on as our first special guest after the incredible, incredible run that you did last weekend. You're you're very, very welcome, Leanne. Thanks for having me, Owen. Um, Leanne, well, listen, let's start at the BMF. What, what better place to start? Um, you've become a bit of a um, trail running celebrity over the last couple of days between front page of the Irish Times, uh, Ray Darcy talking about you and maybe a couple of other interviews uh, on the radio and who knows where else since. But talk to us about the BMF, Leanne. Um, how have the last couple of days been after that fantastic win? Uh, it's been a bit overwhelming, to be honest, <laughs> especially for someone who's used to just hiding in the mountains most of the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to getting this, you know, this amount of attention, especially after a race. It's actually, it's kind of funny because uh, just before the race, I was telling a few friends of mine that I always struggle the week after because uh, initially there's that great buzz and then on day two or three it gets really quiet and it's just you and you start wondering like what am I doing what's next um <laughs> and I think it's fair to say that it's been the complete opposite this time <laughs> yeah well we're on what day four now and we're and you're doing yet another interview so uh... <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I mean, you made the front page of the Irish Times. Make sure you get, get that framed and hung up on your wall. Um, it was a spectacular shot. It really was. And, and kudos to Valerie for, for getting that. Um, it's on uh, the Waterfall Trail Running page. If anybody missed it on the front page of the Times, it was a beautiful shot of yourself just climbing over a ladder there. And even like looking at the, the mountains, and the landscape in the background, Leanne, you could see from that shot alone that something magical was happening that weekend. It, it must have been just stunning, um, stunning running around for for four eight-hour loops. Absolutely. It was stunning. And especially like that photo was taken during the first loop um, when everything was still very enjoyable. <laughs> and we were all enjoying the views. Uh, and Valerie definitely, like, she's the best at capturing those moments and she did she did amazing there again um but yeah she didn't capture the ground conditions unfortunately okay. so people would have to go there for themselves to experience that i suppose <laughs> yeah, I know. valerie o'sullivan that took that shot absolutely brilliant well, well Leanne, tell us about um you know let's go back a couple of weeks go even maybe a few months when simon announced that he was going to do the bmf um you know christmas time a lot of people are resting and recovering or maybe putting in the training for the big races in late spring, early summer. 
But what made you decide to go and attack the the BMF, uh, you know, in week one of 2024? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's actually... Uh, when it was first announced, I actually sent the link to a few people saying to them, this is just a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know the guys who came up with it uh, and Simon, Kevin and Paul, like they're all great guys. They know what they're doing and they know how to come up with like a good event. Um, but I was saying to people, this would just be pure misery. And, you know, I like racing. I like challenges, but I was like, it also needs to be fun. There needs to be some element of fun, and I just couldn't see it. Um, <laughs> so at first, I was like, "This, is, there's just no way. Um, I'll, I'll never do this. But then I think it was somewhere in September where I felt like I could get a good block of training in, and there's nothing else on, really, that time of year. And yeah. there might be a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't mind training through the winter. Um, and I suppose when you're out in all conditions for your training runs, you might as well put it to good use by doing a race. So, um, yeah. And I think the great thing is um, when you're doing something like this so early in the year, you have plenty of time to recover and still do the spring and summer races. So <laughs> I think it works really well, actually. <laughs> yeah. And Leanna, what were your expectations going into the BMF? Um, how many laps did you want to do? Um, how many laps did you think you would have to do to be in with a chance of the outright win? Or were you even thinking that far ahead? I, I really didn't know. I was trying to have no expectations because I felt that would only make it harder mentally um, because when you're expecting a certain amount of loops and you have to do more or you know it's just I think it would make it harder uh, but I was thinking um, I'd already done like the normal WTF in May a couple of years mm. ago and so that's three loops and I was definitely hoping to do more than three anyway so that's I was definitely, that was at the back of my mind anyway. Like I would be doing more than three, but after that, I had I had no clue whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, it's going to be very hard to condense 32 hours into a couple of minutes and one answer. Um, but can you in any way bring us through each lap, you know, and you know, it's not as if you have to do um, each lap very fast, Leanne, is it? Is it just about getting through each lap under the eight hours as opposed to trying to do, you know, five hours in lap one, five hours in lap two, being the first person home? Um, how did you approach each lap? Was it just taking your time, enjoying it and watching the other people fall away? <laughs> how did it work? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the interesting thing about this one because like when you're doing the normal WTF, you are trying to get it done as fast as possible. And so I knew how fast I could do the loops. Um, but then that would just be stupid because you'd just be waiting for hours and hours at base camp. Um, yeah. So you are just focusing on getting it done within the eight hours. But I won't lie, you are looking at the other people. Some are going faster, some are going slower. And you are wondering, like, am I doing this right um like what's the best strategy it's uh it's hard to say i was i was talking to simon as well and it's um he reckoned also it, it will probably take a few years for people to figure out like how how to do this right and what the best strategy is yeah. um but i was purely going by effort 
I tried to not look at my watch too much and just make sure I wasn't pushing the pace at all uh, while still making sure I had enough time in base camp in between loops to just, you know, do the things that you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you say do the things that you have to do, Leanne, does does sleep come into the equation law? Because you are going through a full 24 hour cycle. Um, so did you take any naps after each lap? That was my plan, Alicia, or at least I wanted to experiment with that because I thought this would be a good event to just try that, you know, because I'd never done that before. Um, mm. But after loop one, we were just chatting away. I had loads of time and it was what it was like in the middle of the day still. So there was no sleeping there. And then after loop two, I tried to and I lay down and I was just I was so cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I could just feel my body stiffening up. I could feel that this was a bad idea, but I I just didn't know what to do with myself. So I was just basically in two sleeping bags waiting for, <laughs> you know, I think it would, it would have been best to just start the next loop uh, straight away, but you have to wait for the eight hours to pass. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I didn't get any sleep. I just got really, really cold. And then yeah. after loop three, I didn't even have enough time. So there was no sleep there. Sure. It, it's a fascinating physical experiment, isn't it? About, okay, you, you finish one lap and what do you do? Do you completely rest and shut down, which maybe makes it very hard for the body to, to restart? Or do you in any way try and keep mobile and walk around and talk to people so you completely don't shut down and you're still ready to go for a lap three and four? Um, Leanne, what were your time splits for for each lap um i wouldn't be able to say that on like i'm always very bad with numbers i do know that after loop one yeah. i had plenty of time i think i have more than an hour and a half in between loops okay um after loop two i had just under an hour and a half and then after loop three i only had 20 minutes um between finishing the loop and getting ready for the next one wow that that's incredible so could you really feel the pressure in lap three then in terms of completing it in the time were you actually racing against the clock in the last couple of hours um it didn't feel like it but i was mindful of that i needed really needed to keep moving um but then i was just i was at that point i was struggling to stay awake i was struggling to see the trail because it got really frosty and everything mm. was just white so it was very hard to see where you were going yeah, um, yeah. And then at one point, my goal was just to make it back <laughs> one way yeah. or another and then just worry about the other things later. Sure. Um, and then you've completed in lap three. Uh, what I think is it about 20 to 8 in the morning when you complete lap yeah. three? Yeah. And you've got 20 minutes to decide whether to go on lap four and or not. And from what I could see, um, Nobody else had decided to attempt lap four. Was that it? And yeah. if that was the case, um, how quickly did that information get to you? And then how did you feel when you found out, okay, nobody's going for lap four here. I've got a chance to go for lap four, maybe on my own, mm -hmm. but I could go and win the whole thing. Like th that must have been an incredible couple of minutes to try and understand that equation, make yeah. a decision, it was, and go uh, for the win. <laughs> 
uh, coming back after loop three, I came into base camp and I knew that I was going to do lap four. Like there was no doubt in my mind. Okay. I knew I was doing because the night had been so hard. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I've one daytime loop now. Like only one out of three loops is in daylight. And I was like, I, I need to do at least one more loop in daylight just because I've, I've earned that, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I think there were three or four of us who finished the third loop. Uh, but one of them had already said that he just, he just didn't want to go on. He was just done. And mm. then Kevin Leahy came in just after me and my crew was telling me he'll go out again. So that's, I, I thought I'd be, it would be a battle between me and him. Yeah. Um, but he, he had a bit less time than me in between loops. And he also has another race coming up in February. Yeah. So I don't think he was going to push to like the absolute limit uh, in Waterville. So yeah, with, over the course of a few minutes, it became clear that it was just going to be me. <laughs> wow. And of course, the, the the rules were that if Kevin had gone out on the fourth lap with you, um, as part of the fun run element to it, that's in the name, <laughs> Simon would have flicked the coin and whoever won would have got to choose which direction to go in the loop clockwise or anti-clockwise. And then the other person would have had to have gone the other way. So I'm sure that completely would have messed with your head if you had to go into a toying cost and um, decide which way you might have had to have gone. So it was just yourself in the end going out in lap four. Um, and Leanne, talk to us about that lap four. Um, mentally, it must have been very hard, or, or was it? Because you knew all you had to do was complete an eight hours and you had this fantastic win. Or, or physically, like, how did you get through those final 43 kilometers um an incredible physical achievement yeah there was still a coin toss and i won it ah <laughs> okay who were you tossing against <laughs> that sounds shocking <laughs> who were you throwing a coin against yeah simon insisted he still was going to flip that coin so he did um and i won it uh so i got to decide like what direction i wanted to go so i okay. went okay. anti-clockwise because i'm that's just the direction that i'm most familiar with um and okay, okay, there's uh like there's a ridge on the course that's really slow going and i knew that i would have to do that at the end so my strategy for loop four was to try and bank some time in the first half so actually run like run some of the parts that i've been walking so far <laughs> um yeah. just to not be under any pressure for the second half um and that actually, I think that worked really well. And it was actually, it was easier mentally knowing that it was the last one. Like there was no more bargaining going on in my head. Um, what if this happens? What if that happens? Like the task was clear and you just, you just need to get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And listen, you, you, you're no stranger to the distance either because you, you won the, the Northern Iron um, in 2022, which was 170 kilometers. You won the Bearaway Ultra in that's 160 kilometers in 2023 uh, you've won the Wicklow Way race 130 kilometers so y you really have become an expert in these big massive trail races and um, Waterfall of course as well in 2022 you won too and um, what is it about these big distances um, and, and your body that can handle these big distances um, so well. And just to throw another one in there as well, you, you won the Kerry Way Ultra in 2021 in a, with 190 kilometers. So Leanne, it, it seems that you are made 
for these big, big um, trail distances. Incredible. What What is it that, that makes you so successful? I, I honestly don't know. I still don't feel like an expert, to be honest. I feel like I'm still figuring things out and sort of exploring those limits um, and finding the best strategies for a lot of things. So I honestly don't know. I do know that I just, I genuinely love being out there. I love being out on the hills. I love the training as well. I really enjoy the big training weeks. Um, but then, yeah, maybe I'm just lucky that my body handles the training really well. Um, yeah. I do think, um, I think it's also about doing the basics well. So I don't really do anything fancy, but I do, I sleep a lot. I eat a lot mm, <laughs> and I train yeah. a lot. Um, and maybe that's the recipe for success. I don't know. Um, it seems to be working so far. <laughs> yeah. And I often ask somebody like yourself, Leanne, when they come on the podcast, like, what does your typical training week look like? And Monday to Friday, are you just doing an hour like most of us um, on weekdays? And then at the weekends, are you doing seven, eight hours plus in the mountains every weekend? Um, so I have one rest day a week. I always rest on Mondays and then... Um, I, I'd say my weekdays are a bit bigger than they would be for most people because I just, I have the flexibility to do that. Um, mm. so I'll probably do an hour and a half or two hours on weekdays also. Okay. Um, yeah. and then the weekends, it depends. I'm, I'm pretty flexible with that also, because if there are friends going out for some fun adventure, I'll just join them. I might throw in a second long run on, on a, one of the days. Um, I am playing it by ear a little bit and just trying to keep enjoying it because especially when you're putting in that many hours if it becomes a chore it's just not worth it you know and you won't be able to keep doing it so that's sure and, and when you're running um so many hours uh per week yeah like well, maybe two hours in a weekday and big hours at the weekend and um, does that give you the opportunity to do any type of tempo runs interval work or is, you know, 90, 95% of what you do just steady miles on the trails, on the mountains, building this massive, massive aerobic engine that you need for all these big runs? There are lots and lots of easy, easy miles, that's for sure. Yeah. And then I try to do at least one um, sort of speed session a week, but that can be anything from tempo work to... Yeah, it can be anything. It also depends where I am in my training. Um, mm -hmm. But I would like the majority of my training would be um, just low intensity. Um, and sometimes just with some some steady state or just some short strides. I'm a huge fan of strides. Yeah. Um, so I'll, yeah, but also with that, I, um, I also, I often play by ear. Like I know what I want to get done over the week. Um, and sometimes it will be during the run. I'll just realize that I'm feeling good. And that's when I start my speed session. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a lovely way to do it? To have the freedom to do that. That, you know, if you're 20 minutes into a run, you've got your warm up done, you're feeling great. Oh, the hell with it. Yeah, I'll do a half an hour. <laughs> and, you know, at, at 160 or 165 or whatever your heart rate zones might be for, for zone three or zone four. Um, brilliant. Um, yeah. to, to quote you, Leanne, you said once upon a time, um, I enjoy long training days in the Alps, but somehow the Irish hills keep calling. Um, tell us about how a girl from Holland 
ends up in Ireland becoming an Irish trail running legend at this stage. And what brought you to Ireland and what's kept you in Ireland, Leanne? Um, I moved to Ireland initially because of someone else that I was with back at in the day. Um, he then left and I stayed. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and then like at like in that time I was I was already getting into the ultras. I'd already signed up for a few 60Ks. Uh, I did Balihaura that year and Carryway Light. So I'd already signed up for that. But all of a sudden, I was left with a lot of time and a lot of sort of a lack of purpose, I suppose. Um, so I just doubled down on my training. And I didn't even know if I would be any good at running because uh, I'd never taken it that seriously. But it just seemed like a fun challenge. And I just wanted to see, you know, where where it would take me. Um, so I did my first ever marathon, uh, at Glenaginty in Kerry that was in the middle of a storm <laughs> and I think only 10 of us finished it. Um, but I just loved it. It was horrendous, but I loved it. I just fell in love with the sport, the community. It was just, it's one of still one of the best experiences I've ever had at a race. Um, so yeah, I think it just got out of hand a little bit after that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just uh I really enjoyed it. I made some amazing friends just from going to recce's, going to races, training with people. Um and I didn't really have a home anymore, but I just I started traveling, started moving around and running for me was just a great and still is a great way to explore, I suppose, and also just to feel at home wherever I am because I can just, you know, lace up the shoes and go. Um, which is for me is a great way to live. Yeah, Leanne, where's I'm home at the moment? I recently actually moved to Kerry officially. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I've been here on and off for years. So most people just assumed that I lived here, but I didn't. <laughs> okay. um, but I actually live here now. So um, yeah, that's great. So it was a home victory for you at the weekend. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and you've had incredible successes and happy days in races, but you also had one very horrible experience on the trails in 2022, which ended up you having a conversation with police in an aid station after being pushed off the trail by a male trail runner. Do you mind telling us about that, Leanne, and the impact that that moment had on you? And if it was an, an experience that was difficult for you to overcome? Um, yeah, so that was in 2022. I was doing an ultra in Slovenia and um, it was a night race. So we started in the dark and we were just we were running in the dark. And I still I still honestly to this day, I don't know why or how this happened but I was just I was passing this other runner it was a wide trail he didn't even have to move I could just I could pass him easily um, and he started shouting something at me but I didn't understand what he was saying because it was in some other language mm, um, yeah. and I was I was racing I was taking this pretty seriously so I was like I'm just going to keep running you know whatever his issue is it's it's not mine um but then, yeah, he started punching me and um, I, um, I don't know, I got very afraid <laughs> and yeah. my response was just to keep running. 
<laughs> that was my first instinct. I was like, I was passing him anyway. So I was like, if I just speed up, I'll probably stay ahead of him. So that's what I did. So I just sprinted to the next aid station, really, which was still another 10, 10 kilometers to go, I think. I'd say you must have been just running on pure adrenaline. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah, what, what and I was even was. still thinking about the race. <laughs> um, really? wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I came into the aid station and one of the volunteers, she just asked me, hi, how are you? And I just, I started bawling and I just, I, I was just, I, I couldn't, I could barely breathe. I was just, I was, I was a mess. So they, they pulled me out of the race and they, rang the police so I was um yeah I was sitting there in the middle of nowhere in Slovenia at what must have been like 3 a.m um talking to the police so that was um an interesting race experience for sure yeah and yeah. um, did, did the guy come in shortly afterwards to the aid station as well and did anybody go over to him to ask he him must what the have, hell but they yeah they asked me to describe him but it was yeah. raining it was dark all I know, it, it was it was a man, and he was like, I mean, when you're running with head torches on, you can you can't really see much when you're looking at the other person. Yeah. Um, so they narrowed it down to a few people who could have been it, but they never found the actual person. So um, oh, that, yeah. that, that's a pity. Yeah. And um, did, did it have any impact, Leanne, on you in your training at all over the the, the weeks and months afterwards in terms of? running at night time or running on your own did it did it set you back in any way uh, at first I thought I was fine I just thought that was a weird experience but um I thought I'd processed it and that I was okay um and actually during the bear away that was my next race where I had to run in the dark and I was fine so I didn't even think about it anymore um but then last year in, I did a race abroad in Austria and I just I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because it's an unfamiliar environment or I don't know what it was, but I I spent the entire night there just panicking, hyperventilating, couldn't just, I couldn't get myself to, I don't know, I couldn't convince myself that I was safe. There was just something within me that just, it, it didn't feel right. So I made it through the night, but then I pulled out of the race at 7 a.m., <laughs> because I just wasted so much energy. Um, and... sure, a form of post, uh, post-traumatic post stress, um, it, it sounds like. Uh, and, and how were you able to move on from that, from that experience, from that second experience then? Did it eventually just naturally pass, Leanne? Because if anything, maybe last weekend, was that, that experience fully banished that you were able to go through <laughs> Four eight-hour loops on your own, three of them in the dark, I think, as you said. So uh, are you happy that it's it's buried, it's gone now? Yeah, it took some work, though. Um, I actually, at first, people were telling me, like, maybe you should just stop doing these long races. Maybe you should just stop running in the dark. Um, but I didn't want to. I was like, if I ever stop doing this, it has to be because I don't want to do this anymore and not because someone else is taking this away from me. Um, so I started going on night runs on my own, um, just on very familiar routes, very short jogs, um, just focusing on my breathing, um, sort of convincing myself that it was okay and sort of teaching my brain that this is something that we do (laughs) and something that we can do. And over time it's, uh, yeah, I still, I did the Wicklow way last year, which is a night race as well. 
and mm. it was still bothering me there I had to stop a few times just to uh to do my breathing and to um to assure myself that I was okay um but then during Waterville or during BMF now um yeah. I didn't even think about it <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just trying to stay awake, trying to find a trail, like all the normal things that you would be worried about when you're running overnight. Um, but there was no panic, no issues whatsoever. So I'm, I'm. That's maybe a bigger win for me, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, listen, fantastic. And I remember a couple of months after that happened. Uh, we were all delighted to see you in Bray. I was working as race commentator that day. And it, it, we were also happy for you to see you sprinting home in the 80k and going for the podium in the overall race. Never mind just the the, the women's section where you came fourth overall. You won the women's race clearly. So that was a lovely moment. And is there any other happy standout moments uh, over the last couple of months, Leanne, that, that stand out for you? Because if anybody goes to your website, if they just put your name into Google, your, your blog will come up. And you'll see your incredible palmares of of results um, with wins from you know races such as Wicklow Way, Barra, uh, Eco Trail, Norn Iron, Waterfall, Kerryway Ultra. The, the list goes on. Fastest known time in the Ancient Warriors Trail as well. Um, is, is there anything that stands out um, amongst all those incredible days for just brilliant for a brilliant brilliant day? I think for me. Barraway last year was is definitely one of the biggest highlights so far. And it's, I mean, the race went really well, but it was also for me, just the overall experience, the entire weekend was just, it's, I think that's what I love about this sport. It's, you can be really competitive, you can train hard and there's that side of it. But the Barraway, it was just the entire weekend, just being there with friends, um, sharing the start line with two other women, we actually had our podium photo before the start because we sort of made this pact that we would start mm-hmm. with the three of us and finish all of the, all three of us would finish it. Yeah. Uh, and there was yeah. just this huge sense of community and just doing it together and enjoying it. Um, and that's, uh, and Bera is just an absolutely stunning part of the country. So yeah, everything about that, that weekend was just amazing. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, listen, we're, we're lucky to have you in Ireland. Kerry's lucky to have you. And I think athletes potentially can be lucky to have you, Leanne, as their running coach. You're, you're a running coach as well. And um, tell us about that. Do you have any spots available? I'm sure you're going to be in high demand <laughs> after being all over the, the national media and another brilliant win. And um, do you have any spots free? And maybe tell us a little bit about yourself as a coach. I know one of the key things for you is to try and help your athletes be consistent. And if they have that consistency, they'll enjoy the sport and they'll run well. So tell us about Leanne as the coach. Yeah, yeah, I do have a few spots available still. So if anyone is interested, just uh, drop me a message. But um, yeah, I do think consistency is the main thing because I think the biggest challenge for most of us is it's not necessarily hitting the perfect workout or the perfect pace. It's f- just fitting your training into your daily life, really just getting it done. Um, most of us have many different things going on. And um, so my approach usually is that the best training for any given person is the training that you'll actually get done. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you enjoy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
something that you can actually do. Like if you only have 30 minutes, just use those 30 minutes as best you can. Um, and you can still do a lot of things while having a busy life. So that's uh, what I'm trying to show people is that you don't have to do 100 mile weeks. You you can do a lot less and still get good results, but you do have to be consistent with that. Um, yeah. So that's it. And I think enjoyment really is a big part of that because life is full of chores <laughs> and things that mm-hmm. you have to do. And I feel like running... There has to be some sense of play, you know, some sense of adventure um, because we get to do this. Uh, We don't have to do this. Nobody's telling us that we should go run. It's something that we're choosing to do. So, um, I mean, there will always be days where you have to push yourself out the door. And I, as a coach, will try to, you know, motivate people to take that step and to do that, even when it's cold, when it's wet or when you're a bit tired or, you know, things like that. But I feel like it should be something that you want to do and something that's, you know, that you're excited about. So um, that's what I'm trying to uh, to achieve with uh, the people that I coach. And isn't it lovely, Leanne, just to come home from, from a run where you feel actually energized and in a happier state than before the run? Because I think too often... You know, we come home from runs and we're actually wrecked and we're tired and therefore we're maybe a bit grumpier as the day goes on. Where if, if you can come home from, you know, a lot of your runs in a happier state and actually energized post run as opposed to feeling whacked, I think exactly. you will get that consistency, won't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, for for 2024, you've already achieved probably maybe the biggest <laughs> result of the year, and it's only what we're recording on the 11th of January. Um, but what do you hope to do in 2024? And I might just ask, Jan, does does running for for Holland come into the equation or not? And forgive me if you already have ran for Holland. I, I couldn't see anything online, and um, maybe you could confirm for us if you have represented Holland or not in a world or European Championships. Because I remember in 2018 I was very lucky to see Ragnar the Bats represent mm. Holland and win the, the World Trail Running Championship so you're from good trail running stock in Holland and people mightn't think it but lots of good trail runners from Holland um, what, what are your plans for 2024 and would you like to to wear the famous orange singlet um, at an international level I don't know it's not really on my radar maybe I'm not proud enough to be Dutch I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That might come into it a little bit, but um, can we get you an Irish passport then? What, what's the residency <laughs> rule these days? <laughs> I feel like I'll forever be in between countries. That's uh, yeah. that's how I feel at the moment. So no, yeah. I'm not. It's not really something that's on my radar. Uh, Ragna is great though. She's she's a phenomenal phenomenal runner. Um, yeah. But yeah, for 2024, I'm not. To be honest, I'm not sure yet. I want to do some something new. Um, for the past couple of years, I've sort of had the same things that I'm doing the same type of races and I might try something different. Uh, BMF definitely was something different. And um, I, yeah, I, I can't make any promises just yet, but um, there will definitely be some uh, ultra long distance things in my future. 
Very good, very good. Well, listen, I we'll hope to um, see you having more great success. Leanne, and who knows, maybe representing Holland one day at the World of European Championships, uh, that would be fantastic to see you as well. And Leanne, thanks a million for coming on. Um, best luck with the recovery um, over the next couple of days. Though I get the impression that uh, you've recovered very well. You sound fantastic, full of energy, which is great to see. After doing, uh, let me do the maths quickly, 172 kilometres, was it? <laughs> yeah, I somehow got 170. 77 but i i don't know i may have made a few detours when i was sleepwalking so <laughs> yeah, incredible wow um, absolutely brilliant yeah thanks a million for coming on for being our first guest this year thanks and, for having uh, me have on a, have a super 2024 thank you thanks you too Owen. bye 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 That's a wrap for this episode, everybody, and congrats again to Leanne. And well done, Simon, and all the team down there. A great new event that looks like it has already secured a special place on the Irish Ultra and Trail Running calendar. Good luck to all of those Irish warriors taking on the spine race this week. And well done also to the Imra um, team behind the very first training camp of the year, which took place last week in early cold January for our Irish international mountain and trail athletes. Great to see preparations underway already so early in the year for hopefully successful international performances later on in the year in the summertime. So well done to all the team and the mentors involved in that one. Finally, guys, if you do get a chance, do pop over to Patreon and donating the price of a gel per month, three euros, would help really to keep us going over the course of the year. It's great to be back, everybody. Here's to a smashing 2024 for us all. Everybody, get your running gear on. Let's go.